0: Tiki Hut Media. Hey there, welcome to Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Wicker. This is where we talk each week about faith and life, and you know a lot of times we're afraid to talk about faith, but not here at Soul Ramblings. Every week we have conversations on spirituality, faith, and everyday life. And we have sermons that I preach on occasion, and I am the lead minister at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. And we're in the midst of a series called Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And if you listened last week, at the end of last week's episode, I told you this week we would have Learning the Jesus Way of Life, part six. I skipped right over part five, I misspoke. We've got part five this week, and then part six next week. But at any rate, we're looking at right relationships this week as we talk about mercy and forgiveness in living the Jesus way of life. Let's head on over to the sanctuary. Our scripture reading for the morning comes to us from Matthew's gospel. This is the 18th chapter and we're starting with verse 21. Let us hear these holy words. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, One who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, Prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. How many of you receive the weekly eLife newsletter that we send out on Wednesdays here at the church? All right, if you don't, I highly suggest that tomorrow you contact Hannah. She's up in the tech booth there. She is our administrative assistant. Call the office tomorrow morning. Hannah will be here. She'll be happy to set you up with getting those. Hannah, by the way, also puts together our bulletins and inserts every week. She does a lot. She's a vital part of our ministry team here, so I really appreciate Hannah. But contact her. This past week, for those of you who get the eLife, you read this account I gave of when I was a child. In my weekly article that I put in the e- e- Life, for those of you who don't get it, this is what that story was about. It was one summer, I was about nine or ten years old, and there were some neighborhood kids that I was friends with. We were playing out in the yard, and my parents had this gigantic old plum tree. And it used to produce plums, I mean, by almost the thousands it seemed like. My father cursed that plum tree more than once because he had to go clean up the mess around the tree and it hindered him from doing yard work. I remember he did not like that tree. But we would get, these things were almost the size of apples. They were so big and juicy. And we decided, being nine or ten-year-old boys, In those days, we had outdoor garbage cans that were metal. They weren't rubber or plastic like they are now. We would get those metal garbage can lids, and those were our shields. And we would hurl those bad boys at one another like crazy. And we got to noticing, after doing that for a little while, that when they hit the metal garbage can lid, our shields, they would just explode. Or if somebody threw short and didn't make it, it would just explode on the ground when it hit. And being nine, ten-year-old boys, my parents had a gravel driveway. And my mom was home. So the idea that I came up with, I was the ringleader. The idea that I came up with was not going to work. First of all, we had gravel. Second of all, I knew my mother was home. I'd get in trouble. Decided, how cool would it be to just pummel these things into the ground and watch them explode? It's a boy mentality. We like doing that sort of stuff. Knew that our neighbor, just a couple of houses down, wasn't home. He had a nice paved driveway. Oh, here we go. All right, come on, let's go. So we did, and we just hammered that thing with those plums. The problem was, after about 15, 20 minutes of doing this, we looked, it was a hot mess. And it had stained his driveway as well. We were nine, 10-year-old boys. We looked at each other and went, you know, maybe that wasn't the smartest thing in the world. Let's get out of here before the neighbor gets home. So sure enough, we scattered. I went home. Short time later, the phone rings. This is, uh, for those who don't remember, this is before the days of cell phone. The, the landline rang, and my mother answered. And I could tell by her tone it was not good news for me because it was our neighbor who had arrived home. And she hung up, she called me into the living room, and I always like to refer to that conversation that she had with me. Conversation is being liberal with the term because it was a one-way conversation. Uh, It was a moment of intense fellowship. Uh, She, in not so many words, told me that I was to go over to the neighbor's house, admit what I had done, say I'm sorry, and then proceed to clean up the mess. I was not happy about that, but neither was my mother, so I went. I went to the man's door. I knocked on his back door. I admitted that I was the one that was the ringleader. There were several of us boys, but it was my idea. I'm I'm the one that's responsible. And I told him I was sorry and that I would be around front cleaning up the mess that we had made. He forgave me, and then uh, he proceeded to come out. He had a power washer. He said, Here, I'll help you. He not only offered me mercy and forgiveness, he came out and helped me clean up the mess that I had made. That story came to mind as I was reading this passage of Scripture on forgiveness. We're in a series called Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And this is where we're learn, learning different ways each week, how we can make Jesus' way of life our way of life. Because we know that actually following Jesus means that we don't just admire what Jesus did and said, but we live how he lived. And so far, we've talked about the importance of priorities in loving God with all you got and loving your neighbor as yourself. We've talked about seeing ourselves as God sees us. We've talked about spiritual battles we get into. We talked about the importance of knowing Jesus. We've talked about distractions. Last week, we talked about the importance of putting Him first in every decision we make. And everything we've talked about in these previous few weeks has been about our relationship with God. Love God with all you've got. The other half of that is love your neighbor as yourself. So what about other people? How do I follow Jesus when these other people have drama? How do I follow Jesus when I've got toxic people in my life? How do I follow Jesus when the neighbor boy pummels and stains my driveway with plum bombs? Luckily, these are not new questions. In fact, Jesus' first followers had had similar questions. Peter starts the whole thing off. says, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? That's what gets this whole conversation going. And Jesus' response doesn't so much provide a precise answer as, as much as it points out how misdirected that question really is. How many times should we forgive? The issue isn't how much or how often we are to forgive or should forgive. And this is because forgiveness in Christ is already limitless. There are no limits. It can't be measured out or counted out. It's just part and parcel of the kingdom of God and what it's all about. It's a constant. It doesn't stop at a certain number of offenses. Oh, now we might want it to. And that really is the heart of Peter's question. I mean, Peter's saying, you know, how much is enough? How much? I think I'm being pretty generous saying seven times, Jesus, what do you think? That's enough. Surely that's enough. Jesus says, no, not seven, but 77, which means every time, every time, continuously. And this is hard for us to hear. This is a hard teaching because Jesus goes into then after that dialogue with Peter, telling the parable of the unmerciful servant or the ungrateful servant. And I've I've got to be honest with you, I really love this parable. If there was anybody who ever got what they deserved, it was this unmerciful, ungrateful servant. I mean, he owed a debt of 10,000 talents. To give you some perspective, a talent was about 130 pounds of silver. And that was equal to about 15 years of labor. So if you do the math, this guy owed the king 150,000 years of labor. It was a debt he could never pay. It was a debt he could never pay. But then the king forgives this enormous, unimaginable debt. And this part of the story is really, really important because what Jesus is telling us in this parable is not so much what to do, but who he is. You see, the king in the parable is Jesus. Jesus is the one who takes pity on the lowly. The parable said, Jesus said in the parable, the king had pity on him. Jesus is the one who takes pity on the lowly, who has compassion on those of us who are trapped in sin. And have a debt that we can never, ever repay. Because, and this is our main point on your handout, at the top in the fill in the blank, this is our main point. Jesus is on a mission to set people free. And He is inviting all of us to join Him. He's inviting us to join Him. He's on a mission to set you free, to set me free, to set everybody free. Free from your hurts, free from your addictions, and free from your sins. Because who your sin hurts the most, it's God. And every time we sin, it's a debt that we get stacked up against us. And we can never, ever repay it on our own. Jesus has made the way to forgive us and set us free. And at its core that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is canceling a debt. Forgiveness is saying you don't owe you don't owe anything. You don't owe me anything. Forgiveness is setting someone free. And Jesus is on a mission to set people free and he is inviting us to join him. So so far this is a good story. I mean, if I'm this guy, I'm ecstatic. Imagine how good this must feel to have that weight off your shoulders. That debt and that burden is no longer there. I imagine he's feeling pretty good. I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you be a little bit relieved? Wouldn't you be overjoyed? Maybe you want to pass it on, right? Not this guy. After being forgiven 150,000 years of labor, someone else owes him about 100 days of labor. And he has him arrested, thrown into jail. When the king, who had forgiven him of so much debt, heard about this, he had the guy tortured until he could pay his entire debt. And that's why I love this story. Oh, he got what he deserved. This is good stuff. Yes. Yes. The weeping, the gnashing of teeth. He's getting what he deserved. I love this. Great story, Jesus. And then, Jesus' words haunt me in this story because he says, surely you should not have had, or should rather, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servants as I have mercy on you. They haunt me. Because my neighbor forgave and had mercy on me. And yet, the rest of the story is that I held it against my partners in crime because they didn't have to pay. And I did not offer them forgiveness. It haunts me because... Jesus, so many times, has forgiven my lying, my cheating, and yet, I still hold a grudge against somebody who speaks ill of me. Or, Jesus forgives the sins that we've made against Him and God, but we want to cancel that person out of our lives Because they made a big mistake. Or Jesus laid down his life so that our our lives could be made new and set us free. But we won't forgive the person who walked out on us. You see, the reason those words haunt me are because the unmerciful, ungrateful servant is me. The storyline feels different when we realize that this story is our story. Jesus is the king in the story. We are the servants. This is our story, and it applies to each and every one of us. Because we have all wronged God. We've all been wronged by someone else. We have all hurt someone else. And it's those wrongs that create a debt. I mean, I've been I've been shown so much mercy, so much mercy, more mercy, in fact, than I'm really comfortable going into detail about. Therefore, Jesus is saying, "Who am I to judge? Why can't I have mercy on a?" guy who owes me a debt. And that's what this passage is about. Mercy and forgiveness. Mercy and forgiveness. It's extravagant. Ridiculous. Over the top. Mercy and forgiveness. Not just on the undeserving, but especially on the undeserving. I mean, mercy wouldn't be mercy if it had to be earned. If there was a way I could pay the debt, it really wouldn't be mercy, would it? Martin Luther King Jr., who knew a thing or two about forgiveness and mercy, said this. He said, forgiveness is not just an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. C.S. Lewis said this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable, Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Forgiveness and love are two sides of the same coin. They are intertwined. They recreate us into the image of God. But if you're like me, sometimes it's hard to forgive. Take things personally. Hold on to resentments. There are some folks that have just hurt you too much. So much so that you can't bring yourselves to forgive them. Someone once said this Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. And sometimes, the person that's hardest to forgive is the person you see in the mirror every day yourself. Do you have this problem? Do you have anything in your life that you don't think God could ever forgive you for? Are you allowing that inability to be forgiven or to forgive? To cut you off from fellowship with Jesus Christ and His body, the church? In a very real sense, this parable in Matthew 18 is asking what is expected of us as we learn how to live this Jesus way of life. And Jesus is teaching us that forgiveness must become a practice, a commitment. It's kept up, it's renewed each and every day. Because if you interact with one person in your day, there's a chance you're probably going to have to forgive somebody at some point during the day. There's a chance that you're going to need forgiveness at some point throughout the day. I know this for a fact. It's not just one single action. It's not just one single feeling or thought. Forgiveness must become a way of life for all of us in our ever-deepening relationship and friendship with God and other people. Peter is asking how generous we should be in our forgiving. But the heart of his question is still about limits. And Jesus answers with the offer of unlimited forgiveness. This is what God is like, Jesus says. It is only because we have been abundantly and mercifully forgiven and loved by God that we are able to forgive others. I do want to acknowledge this, though. For some of you, this is not a message I know you want to hear because you have been greatly hurt. I want you to know, I realize that some of you have gone through some unspeakable things. I want you to know your hurt, and what you went through matters. Your pain matters, and, is in, as, and it is, it's valid. Your feelings matter. They're valid. They matter to the people here who love you, and they matter most to God. That's why there is a debt. Because God is not okay with what happened to you. The wrongs that have been committed against you. He's not okay with that. Because he loves you. But he's also not okay with what you and I have done to others. Because here's a shocker. He loves them too. Today in the church is Trinity Sunday. And this is a day that we celebrate a God who is not distant or aloof or apart from us, but a God who is present. He's ever present in what came to be through a word spoken in the void back in Genesis. We worship a God who, as we talked about last week on Pentecost, came down like a fire and burned a mission into our hearts. A mission to set people free. And Jesus is inviting you and me to join Him. And if you're wondering, some action steps. Again, this is on your fill in the blank and your insert. Some action steps toward forgiveness. Here are four action steps. Number one, acknowledge what Jesus has done for you. Acknowledge that. Number two, if you need forgiveness, go ask for it. Number three, if you need to forgive someone else, go do it. And number four, if you're not there yet, if you're not ready to start with forgiveness, it's okay. Start with prayer. As a matter of fact, Let's pray together for all of us in having a heart of forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord, we want to forgive from the heart. This is the grace we pray for. We can't do it on our own, and we know this. So often, God, we are the unmerciful, ungrateful servants. But you are always good to us. So have mercy on us. Give us your forgiveness and change our hearts and enable us to forgive. It's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. And now go forth in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And let us go from this place, inspire love, embrace Christ, engage the world, and tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace, amen. giveness and mercy, a big part of having right relationships with one another as we learn to live the Jesus way of life. Next week, we have part six. <laughs> I told you last week we would have part six this week, but no, next week we'll have part six of learning the Jesus way of life. I invite you to join us then. You can live stream each and every Sunday morning, Manatee Life Church, on YouTube. Got a link in the show notes of this episode where you can do that on Sunday mornings at 10:30 Eastern time. Be sure to get social with us at soul ramblings podcast on Facebook or Instagram links in the show notes as well. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time this week and wherever you're listening to soul ramblings today, be sure to go over there and click subscribe. If you haven't already, you never miss a new episode when you do that. And here's the last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'll see you next week here on Soul Ramblings. I'm Jerry Wicker. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker download new episodes every week and if you haven't already subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review soul ramblings is a tiki hut media production